0: Okay, yep, says live where I'm at. Rage of Steam Um, is live. Rage of Steam is live, episode 2, 1846. Are we live?
1: We are live.
0: Okay, fantastic. I will make sure that this is off. And yeah, welcome to Rage of Steam, everybody. This is Matt. I've got Andrew with me, as always. And today, our guest is Adam Rocker. Hi, Adam. Hi, <laughs> Excellent. And we are going to be talking about 1846, Race to the Midwest at some point, but we should probably kick it off with uh, just a general what we've been playing lately. So I'm going to so,
1: I'm 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 start this off, mostly because I haven't been playing anything, and I'll explain that because it's beautiful weather in Arizona and uh, I've been spending a lot of time outside I went to Tucson this weekend and have just been enjoying that type of thing Um, although I did um, change up my weekly game nights we're moving it to Thursdays and I'm gonna do it at a place uh, where I can play longer games so we can go later into the evening Um, before I was doing it at home and uh, we pretty much call it about nine o'clock But now I'm going to do it someplace where we can play later. So I anticipate playing uh, longer games and that type of stuff. So that's me. Yeah, excellent.
2: Adam, how about you? Um, <clears throat> so the, the heaviest game we played recently was a teaching game of 1846 um, over at Andrew's Place. Um, we did a four-by-player uh, game of that. Um, I was the only... Uh, only well, one person had played, I think, once before. Um, but yeah, I was basically teaching that game, <clears throat> which is interesting. I, I like doing a larger group for that. I know it, I know it makes it's harder on the players, but it's easier on the teacher to teach once one five-player game versus you know like two or three different three-player games trying to coordinate that. So, absolutely. Um, but that was uh, that was a good experience. I, I like teaching 1846. Um, I because I really enjoy the game, so it's it's nice to kind of um, Share that with other players. Um, other than that, I, I host a uh, a monthly game night at my place. Uh, we've been doing some lighter stuff there because um, we've got some newer players. So played a couple of um, newer titles. Um, well, sort of newer titles. We played Snowtails, uh, the uh, the new uh, trick-taking game Niet, which is kind of okay. interesting. Um, it's you're basically you're selecting sort of the criteria for the game um at the start which is, was pretty cool got schooled at that because i was playing with a couple <laughs> of uh couple brothers and they kind of like they would like look at each other and they'd be like oh they're 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 talking when they shouldn't be talking but okay, that's <laughs> <fine>. illusion <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i got schooled at that pretty good um and then close out the night with st petersburg which was pretty awesome
0: awesome very cool um do you like trick taking games
2: somewhat um i like them for sort of lighter stuff I, I used to play a lot of um, euchre um, okay when I was in college and stuff um, and I still like the game but it, it it feels a lot there's less decisions in it so you just kind of it's nice just to kind of sit and chat and play um, but some of the newer ones um, yet was pretty fun because it just it changes up um, every every game you got a different um, you know different set of criteria you know each trick is worth a certain different amounts like they've got a negative Negative tricks and stuff like that. So, so that was pretty cool. Um, the the new one from um, I think it's Northstar Clubs um, is pretty awesome.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, it's it's really really nice to start off the start off a game night because you're just you can set it up real easy. You just kind of you're just playing tricks and it, and it scales from you know three to six perfectly. So you just as people arrive, you just deal them in and just keep playing and it's it's a good time.
0: Excellent. Very cool. Um... Yeah, well, I've been playing a lot of stuff (laughs) lately because we just had uh, our local convention, uh, Con of the North, here, uh, not this weekend, but last weekend. And um, Lance, the uh, Undead Viking, he hosts an open board gaming room for that convention. So there are, like, scheduled games and stuff, but a lot of us just hang out in the open gaming room for, you know, three days, pretty much. And play board games. And our buddy uh, Nicholas came into town for that. And Nicholas brought like eight or so clamshells of uh, winsome train games. And we did our best to play a lot of them. And that was a lot of fun. I actually kicked the convention off with uh, teaching The Last Spike to some people. Which is a light train game from Columbia. And one that I really liked uh, came out last year. Super fun game, kind of like a choir, but with a train theme. Nice. I'd recommend it, if, especially if you like kind of like lighter games and family games sometimes. Like, I think it's a really good one. Um, but, yeah, other than that, let me uh, check my list. Uh, we played um, Age of Steam, of course. <laughs> uh, <laughs> have to. And actually, that was Nicholas's first game of Age of Steam, so that was that was good. I'm doing... Doing good work, making people play Age of Steam. Uh, Colorado Midland, um, Kansas Pacific, Northern Pacific, Texas and Pacific, (laughs) Uh, Trans-Siberian Railroad, and Rail USA. Um, Lots of good stuff there. Uh, The Pacific games are measurably different, (laughs) in case you're wondering. Which one did you like best? Kansas Pacific. Uh, Well... I liked Kansas Pacific better than Texas and Pacific. Both games have this cool uh, going west mechanic where you can essentially like make your train company expire at a certain point of the game. It helps uh, control the clock of the game, and it also makes sure that no one else can buy into it. You just sort of freeze it by going west. Um, and I really thought Kansas Pacific was more fun, though they're both good. Uh, Northern Pacific the- was the uh,
1: the is it the Queen version of Kansas The Queen Pacific? Games
0: version? Yeah, so Kansas Specific should be out there. It shouldn't be as hard to get a copy of as some of the other as the original Winsome edition. But I haven't seen Kansas Pacific around a whole lot yet.
1: I picked it up at uh, BGG Con. Oh, um, did you? But I just haven't played it yet. Yeah. Yeah, I picked it up, but um,
0: I dig it for sure. Um, you know, I I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, it's interesting because once you start a company, you get to pick whether that company issues more shares or not. Unlike some of the other Winston games where you can force a share auction whenever. And sure. Kansas Pacific, as a president, you sort of get to decide whether you want to dilute the share value. Um, unless you're doing too well, then Wall Street forces you to auction a share during a certain phase, which as is. Yes, yes. <laughs> the investors—they want a piece of your pie. <laughs> yes. And then, if you guys ever played Northern Northern Pacific? It's real different. It's almost like yeah. an abstract, like a multiplayer abstract, where mm. you have—you um, can only do one of two things. You can either lay a cube of your color down in one of the cities along the map, or you can move the train along. And the thing is, if the train passes through a city with cubes on it, you get to take back your cube that you laid, and as well as an additional cube, and you just keep making these decisions until the train goes from Minneapolis to Seattle, and whoever has the most cubes, whoever essentially invested the best, in a very abstract way, is the mm. winner. It is a super cool game, and one I it'll, I highly recommend the 15-20 minutes of your life it will take you to play that one. <laughs>
1: And when did that, what um, when year was, what year did that come out?
0: Northern Pacific, um, I will double check, but I think it was within the last five years. Is it is a New one. Uh, 2013, so it was in the 2013 set.
1: Cool.
0: Yeah. I've,
2: I've liked any um, wins in my play, but it's just so rare that I get the chance to get them up to the table. Every time I do, I'm I'm, I'm glad that I did. Right. Yep, I face the same issue sometimes, which is
0: why it was so nice to have uh, Nicholas come, and and friends, uh, Dave and Tanya, and my wife were all like had equal enthusiasm to play well, these. I know also,
1: it's also yeah. nice to have somebody who collects them all, right? Like
0: right, a, right. Well, you know, even though I've got it. half a dozen titles, they're not always easy to get played. Uh, yeah. I like the guys that I play 18XX with regularly would just almost always prefer to play 18xx and not right. winsome yeah yeah sure yeah, yeah and then I'll, I'll shut up soon I promise <laughs> <laughs> no. but yeah my last uh, my last personal triumph is I got some people at uh, the first Minnesota game night to play uh, transib with me hmm. also from winsome games very different though uh, in transib. It is, the game occurs on the Trans-Siberian Railroad, but you're actually controlling uh, competing groups of Russian businessmen who are attempting to sell their wares along the Trans-Siberian Railway. And you can put protection markers on other people's stuff, and you can attack each other, but everything's resolved with blind bidding of money instead of bullets or dice or anything <laughs> like that. So, And then whoever has the most money at the end wins, so you can make... Weird decisions, like deciding to essentially like sacrifice your own guys for cash, at some point. <laughs> it's very bluffy. Like I don't know, it's a super fun game. So I'd say, well worth. Oh, and it looks terrible. Like even for a winsome game, it looks like winsome? yeah, really bad, really, really, really gross. <laughs> so I might have to make a deluxe copy, <laughs> a so I can lure more people into playing it.
1: Sure. Was that the? Uh, that's a lot of. That's a lot of train gaming.
0: That's a lot of train gaming. Yeah, absolutely. But no, no, eighteen XX besides online stuff this month. So um, we played some non-train games as well. Oh, I got a chance to play Steamrollers too. I don't know if you played that one.
1: I've played it two-player and didn't care for it at all two-player. But I've heard that uh, four-player solves some of that. So uh, I played
0: four-player. So did you like it? I did. Yeah, it's neat. You know, if you wanna play uh, <laughs> a shorter um age of steam with drawing and dice rolling, uh, Steam <laughs> Steamroller is probably the game for you.
1: Right? Yeah, I mean I I really like the concept and I, I picked it up at um I picked it up in Essen and and uh and my buddy and I I hadn't played it so we were uh we broke it out and it just didn't it didn't work. You you're just rolling dice back and forth and we just didn't care for it. I mean, we, we ended up stopped playing, but like I said, I could see where it would work better for more people because you're passing the, you know, and, and some of the mechanisms and stuff. It just didn't, it didn't, you know, it just didn't work. Yeah,
0: yeah, definitely. I think you need to have more competition for dice, yep. more competition for cubes, and the opportunity to steal those special action cards from mm-hmm. each other, like, you want all that, I think. Sure.
1: So, yeah, I mean, having, having more people in that mix would, would have, you know, I think solve those issues. So I didn't, like, say, oh, well, I, this is a horrible game. I just, you know, like, I, it
0: just didn't work for two, so... Two is not ideal. Not
1: ideal. Yeah. I, I, right. I'll, I'll buy that. Yeah, yeah. So today we are talking about uh, 1846, and um, we've brought Adam on. Uh, you've said this is one of your favorite 18xx games, Adam, or...?
2: Yeah, it's, it's, it's either... It's top two games to entirely. Um, I, I really enjoy it. Um, I, I haven't played it probably as much as there are. I mean, there are there are people out there that have played it, you know, a hundred times. Um, sure. I'm still, I'm still, I've made it to the double digits, but that's that's as far as I've gotten so far.
1: And how did you get into the 18XX? Uh,
2: is it a, uh, is a hobby or is it an addiction? Or, uh, <laughs> a little bit of both, I guess. I don't, I don't know. Um,
0: Lifestyle, man.
2: Yeah. Lifestyle. There you go. <laughs> The, uh, I actually saw, when the, when I first started out in the hobby, um, uh, Scott Nicholson was still doing his Board Games with Scott um, videos, um, and he did one on 18xx, so I saw that, um, and that really piqued my interest. He did, he did a really good intro to that, uh, kind of gives you the general layout, um, and I was at that point kind of looking for things heavier, started kind of getting interested in and in things like uh, Through the Ages and, and sort of the heavier Euro stuff, so... Um, At that point, I started kind of trying to figure out how to try it out because nobody in my group played 18xx. Nobody knew anything about it, so it was sort of me and and one other guy had some interest. Um, So we actually planned um, a trip. We were going to Gen Con that year, so we planned a a couple of games there. Um, We got into the... um, We scheduled a a learning game at um, the TGA at Gen Con that the the Train Gaming Association does... um, uh, just several different uh, 1830 teaching events there, which are which are really fantastic. Um, they're they cool. basically they have somebody there that just sits with with the group, guides you through it, um, sitting with a bunch of you know, newer players and, and just kind of learn it, which was which was fantastic. Um, along with that, uh, there's a if if you happen to be in Ohio. <laughs> Uh, there's a, uh, a group in Columbus, the Cabs Group. Um, they provide the, uh, the the board games for the Origins Board Game Room. Um, there's a there's a um, there's a, a good group of 18XXers there um, who are real friendly and they're just very welcoming. I, I showed up at a meetup um, before Gen Con because I was just I was curious if I could get a game in, and, and one of the guys there is just like, "You want to play 18XX? Let's go!" <laughs> so it was it was cool. He he, he uh, pulled out a 18XX. Which was nice. It was just kind of you know lighter, uh, lighter side of things, and just kind of went and went through it. So um, we did that. I, I played um, on uh, there's just actually an old software, uh, a DOS game, um, 1830 uh, that's available on uh, a Bandonia or something like that. Um, they, it, it's fairly good for just. Just getting familiar with the uh, with the mechanisms and, and um, getting used to to that. If you don't want to you know feel all the pressure to try to um, just kind of get get more familiar with it, um, it allows you to to to, um, to do that uh, sort of in sort of on your own. You're kind of playing with. I mean, it's it's not a full experience, but at least gets you used to and comfortable with the mechanisms. And you can play several different games of that and just kind of get familiar um, and get crushed over and over and over and over. <laughs> get used to that um yeah that was that was pretty much my uh thing I actually the the guy I went with, went with um was an uh, older gentleman and he he pretty much we played the learning game and that was like that was it he was that's all he was doing for the convention um was was playing XX from that point forward so he was in the he was in the TGA section that that whole con and like uh, every con since then he'd been that's that's what he was doing so um he was uh yeah he's he, he was an Avid 18 uh, xxer Xer. Um, now, so did you remember.
1: did you notice that do people like um, do the, the you know the training game the train you know the learning it and then do they either love it or hate it and you know like do they walk away and say I'm never playing that again or are they like wow that's you know that's that's
2: me that's what I'm going to be. I th- the people I played with I think they they um, I didn't see as many getting bit by the bug I guess. Um, they were, they were, they were all kind of. Oh, that was interesting, you know, kind of stuff. But it wasn't. Um, I, I don't know. I, di- I didn't see anybody there. I mean, there were definitely a lot of people there that were very into the hobby. Um, but I didn't see that transition in our game. Transition. They're like, I've, I've done that. I can. Yeah. I mean, I, I personally have seen um, uh, when I've taught it in the past. Um, I've kind of learned from that, but. Uh, but um if you're not teaching it to the right group of people you will get a very vehement um, negative reaction oh yeah, yeah. if you try and, if you try to sell them on something that's not that you know if, if they're not fully prepared for what they're getting into sure and so
1: how did the both of you find 1846 what's how did tell me the story of first coming across
2: 1846 and yeah um, absolutely oh go ahead Adam no, you you first. I got to think about it. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, I so I'm pretty sure. Yeah, 1846 for me. It must have been listening to uh, the Longview episode about 18xx with Eric Brochus and Joe Huber were on that, and um, they had mentioned the game, and I think that they said something to the effect of like, you should just order it from D Thought, because it will take a long time to get your copy. Do it now. And then you can you can think about it in the meantime, whether you're prepared to commit to buying a copy of 1846. And so I put in an order immediately. Um, and I'm still waiting on that. Still
1: waiting, and that was <laughs> 42 years ago.
0: Yeah, exactly. Probably three, four years ago, something like that. I don't know. It's been a while. Um, and then I had uh, some friends invited me to play and it was playing 18xx and it was 1846 and it was actually the first live 18xx game I had played so that was that was where I first uh, encountered 1846 and Adam it was
2: cool. um, I think it was one of the ones that we played while we were out at Gen con okay. um, but I think from that I was just I was looking for shorter um, games because that was kind of that was what I felt was the limiting factor was a lot of the XX games are, you know, four to six hours, and people just don't want to invest the time. Um, so I was looking for a shorter XX, and this was by far um, one of the best um, uh, shorter XX games that I encountered because um, it, it has that depth and that re- replayability.
1: And what's the history of the game? We've When did it come out?
0: Um, Got that... I think maybe no. I have the rules next to me, but
2: it doesn't say when it came out. Um, in the 2000s,
0: though, right? I think.
2: <laughs> Unfortunately, I don't know. Um, I know some of the some of the details on it, but I don't know necessarily the dates. Um, right. So, what details do you know?
0: 2005.
2: 2005. There you go. Yep. Um, this was uh Tom Lehman's third uh, XX title. Um, he'd done um. 2038, uh, and then he started work on a on a different game actually, uh, 1834, um, and that game actually has not been published yet. It's actually it's sat at um, 90%, so they're they're hoping for that to get get uh, completed. Um, but from the development of 1834, he um, was looking for a simpler um, sort of a, a, a more streamlined XX title. Um, so he started work on. Um, on 1836 um, uh, or 1836, 1846, um, and he actually—I mean, he didn't—he—he has not published 34. So um, yeah, that, that was sort of the 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 impetus of it, anyways.
1: And so, who's who's doing 34, and why isn't
2: it out? I just think I don't know if anybody owns it yet. Anyone has the right to publish it yet? It's okay. been—he's just. Um, been... Yeah, he's he's given out the he's he's done playtesting. testing. Um, I think it's it's like almost there, but I mean because it's Tom Layman, he's you know he's a, he's a busy guy. So um, trying to trying to find time for I mean, what is a niche game? Um, I mean, you're not going to sell more than you know 500 copies of it, even if you get it out there. Um, well, maybe maybe on the on, on the basis of 1846, that that might have a larger um, sale right. these days. But but yeah, I mean he, I mean. Doing you know, Race for the galaxy and and roll for the galaxy and um you know uh what is it Fa- Pharaoh the favor, 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 the, Pharaoh. favor of the Pharaohs yeah, yeah. I mean they, you know trying to fit tri- trying to fit that in I imagine would be tough to do because I mean I, I imagine development of an XX title is got to be pretty intense.
1: <laughs> it's just a labor of love.
0: Yeah, it looks like it is sort of in deep thoughts. Um, Hands, but unpublished, and uh, the forums are just filled with like 2011 question mark, 2012 question mark. <laughs> like, so, yeah, must must just be uh, you know still developing, right?
2: Yeah, I think everyone's hoping that with if 46 is successful, um, that they'll push to get 34 completed.
0: Yeah, I I I have uh, all sorts of wish lists for you know if GMT is successful with forty six, what 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 Matt would like GMT to do next? I have plenty of suggestions.
1: <laughs> so um, GMT is doing a reprint. Um, it has I looked it up today and it has nine hundred and twenty five orders.
0: That's related. awesome. I didn't know it had gone up that high. It was in the seven hundreds last time I looked.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's it's been. Um, it's been basically—I don't know how they categorize it—but it's been moved into the art, and you know, it's it's past the the thing, and it's uh, going to art and development. Um, and uh, that's as much as I know about GMT's system. Um,
0: well, they said uh, July, right? Is is the the target for for actually getting copies in hand? So you know summer sounds like yeah yeah,
2: yeah i think so, everyone's just holding their breath to see kind of how the art art development goes on that project right right I, I can't wait to
0: see some details as far as that goes but it sounds like um yeah it sounds like they're not doing anything radically different
1: yeah i don't think that's their that's their model is it i mean they don't they don't um i think it's probably going to be very close to what it what it is right
2: i mean Yeah, I was I was looking through and it it definitely had some uh, markers that it was going to be a a truer adaptation of it. That it, I mean, they're talking about not touching any of the rules. Um, It's going to be you know as the game as is now. Um, I think the production quality might be a little different than Deep Thought, um, just Mm -hmm. because it's different facilities. So um, yeah, I'm 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 hopeful for that. I think I think you guys are probably right. I think it's probably going to be very similar um, and just maybe a little updated, but. But with uh, the similar streamlined artwork. Um,
1: well, but, in the yeah. sense that Deep Thought is pretty much all handmade, and then GMT, I'm guessing they do some. They're more on the mass end, right? They're doing their own for the war games. They do their own shit. Like it's some of it's machine
0: made, obviously. Yeah, 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 yeah. You get die cut counters and that kind of thing, you know. Yeah. Um, absolutely. But
1: I don't think they spend a whole. Wooden
0: pieces piece sometimes. You know, very yeah, exciting yeah. stuff. <laughs> Occasionally,
1: I don't think they spend a lot of time. Um...
0: Oh, on a mounted board—that would be the other thing, yeah, yeah, too. Like a a real bound mounted board. It sounds like is the the way they're gonna do it. So it won't be a paper map or a phone cord board like you might get um,
2: from uh, Deep Thought. So we can get the mounted maps now from Deep Thought.
0: Oh, can you? Yeah,
2: they've got they've started they've started that process. I don't I don't know if all of the uh, the. The, uh, the subsidiaries can do that as well but I know that they've um, moved into that having the mounted boards
1: cool very have GMT have has GMT um, have they done any other 18xx or train games I mean,
0: Santa Fe rails okay very like way back way in back the, the GMT catalog yep but early on other than that I don't I,
2: I'm not sure yeah I mean I think it's a good a good mesh, considering that the you know that the the the, uh, the audience is probably similar to war games, um, and, and you got to think you know even back in the day, Avalon Hill was the, the original publisher of
0: 1830.
2: Right. Which yeah. is, I, I'm just hoping that that they kind of they keep it simple. That's all. That's all I'm hoping for.
1: But I my my concern is is that uh, you know well this went well, but it's also a lighter 18xx game like. Um, does that help the sales, or is it just because we are so interconnected now with the internet, and we can spread the word that that you know it's basically just kind of viral marketing as far as that? Or is it? Are people thinking this is the eighteen XX game for me because it is lighter?
0: So that's 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 a question I get a lot, and Adam will probably have you address this. But so my main group is filled with huge GMT fans and they are curious about this game and they keep asking me like, is this a good entry point to the system? Sure. And, you know, right now for me, before this happened, I used to say like, yeah, I mean, it's fine, but I think 1830, the short game or 1889 is a perfectly You know, that's actually my favorite entry into the system. When people ask me to teach them, I teach them 1889 for the most part um, because it's also shorter. Having said that, with the P500 available and the price point that this game is available for, I feel like my, you know, just on the strength of that, I'm like, yes, absolutely, this is a great entry point because you're only going to have to spend like, you know, 50, 60 bucks on a game. Fantastic. Give it a shot. Um, Adam, what do you find makes uh, 1846 a good starting game for people who haven't played 18XX before?
2: Um, so I think it's more accessible for so war game war gamers. I would probably say 1830 or 1889 would be a better bet because it's a lot more confrontational. It's a lot more um, direct interaction. Um, you're, there's a lot more to the game, so they might they might it might be they may they might acclimate to it better um, at least that's what I've heard um, but for heavier Euro gamers eurogamers um, and, and of the of that ilk which is kind of where I where I came from um, mm-hmm. it's I think it just has an easier easier barrier to entry so like the the and we'll, we'll kind of touch on some of this but the the lack of the auction um, for private companies is a big one because um, going into it um, typically, you just have no idea. I mean, you, you're pretty much just say, okay, what should I bid for this? What should this go for? And you're, you're relying on everyone else at the table. Um, whereas with the the private company draft, um, you can still make mistakes in there, but it's not like an auction where you you bankrupt yourself on the before the game even starts.
0: Right. I find that not only the valuation of private companies in a game like 1830 or 1889 is tricky for new players, but honestly, just the mechanism of how that cascading auction works can be tricky to explain to people. And, uh, you know, you definitely have new players essentially plug <laughs> on the auction before before uh, maybe a more experienced player would, where they, you know... And then people are ended up getting, like really good companies at like face value, which is, uh, not something you want to see necessarily. (laughs) But yeah, I think, I think that makes a really good point is that that drafting, can you remind me in 1846, you can sell your private companies to a public company later in the game.
2: Um, for extra money or No, that's the other that's the other thing is you, is it's limited to one dollar to face value. So you're not going to get okay. more out of that private. Like in eighteen thirty, I know it's 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 up to twice. Yep. So you can be you can start a company in eighteen thirty, you sell off the the you know, that private for twice what you paid for it, um, you get the the full you know, capitalization out of it, and then you can be off starting another company, you know, almost right out of the gate. Um, which is is fine. I mean, you you just don't let that happen. I mean, experienced players will not let that happen, but you know, if you're playing with novices, it's, it's tempting to do, (laughs) to do something like that. If you, if you're the only experienced player at the table, um, just got to not do that but uh. this, is how adam,
1: this is how adam wins all the games he plays. With he's the only experienced person at the table so.
0: that is a great strategy i'm employing that heavily in my favor in pax premier right now i just teach people the basics and then you know do whatever i can to to to, to beat them <laughs> it works great um so I would think the other thing that really helps with new players is the way that the stock market movement works in 1846, where it's not quite as punishing as something like an 1830 market.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, the linear market for newer players is it's just less stuff going on, um, as well as you know if you're not planning for things early on and you let your, your, your valuation drop, Um, there's a sort of a catch-up mechanism in there where, where, you know, it's going to jump two or three times um, depending. So if you make that mistake earlier on, you haven't pretty much blown it for the game because you've let your, you know, what should have been your company that you were, you know, pushing, you know, into the upper echelons of the stock valuation. Um, You just neglected that um, for whatever reason. Um, Sure. But in in 46, you get those double and triple jumps and it's, I mean – there will be differences in the valuations at the end of the game, but they won't be as as significant as something like 1830.
0: Very cool. And then, you know, beyond that, just the fact that you can... Uh, you said your guys' um, last learning game, 46, was like four and a half hours or something like that. Is that right? Four or five hours?
2: Yeah. Um, I tend to... I, I'm an over-explainer. I, sure. I'm just used to, I'm used to a lot of people in my group, not not so much here out here in Arizona, but um, I've had a lot of experiences with people getting upset with not knowing all the rules uh, at the beginning. Um, so I tend to over-explain games now. Um, so it, I, it was about an hour explanation um, into that. I know this is sort of one of the um, the negative factors of, and kind of one of the things we might talk about later, um, sort of the pace of the game is very dependent on the players. Um Yeah, so we we ended up calling it, and and that's definitely something I would recommend um, uh, for newer players. Is just time boxing it, just calling it. It You know, okay, we'll play for four or five hours, wherever we are. We'll call it if we don't finish it.
0: And is that because um, people aren't pushing the trains fast enough?
2: Yeah, I think that's I think that's what it boils down to. um, Because without having um, experienced players there, I I typically don't push the trains um, just because I'm. Not thinking about it, um, which then drags out the game. Um, because if, if if the if no one's pushing the trains, then you're going to be sitting at th- at um, is it I don't know if it's phase one or phase two, but it, with the two or the three trains um, for long periods, and it just it'll it's an, it, it's still a fun game, I think, but it, it's not going to it's not going to end in a, a reasonable amount of time. Well, and that's
1: where you chance. get into the that's where you get into the uh, the uh, you know that thing of. The rules have been explained, but the strategy is still, you know, out there, right? Like, um, or the things that that you do, like, hey, I can make the game go quicker if I do these things, and so a lot of it is just, and this is why I don't. That first game, I really, I just, I'll just do things. I really don't think about it all that much because I know that it's. But once you do that, you know, once we did that game, it was like, oh, now I see what, you know, now I see how those parts work together. Um, but that's a lot of the, uh, like, you can go over the rules, but, you know, it's, it's and somewhat you can tell people the strategy, but until you play that, you're not going to see a lot of how those things work together.
0: Yeah, the, uh, a real eye-opening moment for me was in my first online game of 1889 that was actually, like, it was a newbie friendly game, but... Uh, the guy who knew what he was doing um, opened a strong company and by the third stock round had just trashed it completely to open an even better company and then, you know, sailed forth to, like, you know, beat the pants off of us. And I was like, oh, oh, oh. oh you I can do that. that. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's really neat. I never would have thought about that. Like, yeah. very cool. So... My next question for you, Adam, would be um, we've talked a little bit about why 1846 is such a great choice for new players, but for those of us who've had a few games of 18xx under our belt, what do you think it brings to the table for more experienced 18xx players?
2: Um, I I think variability. I think um, the the streamlined nature of it and the variability of the options are, are key to the game. Um, that that a lot of XX games are sort of I don't know if they're necessarily scripted, but there's a lot of like st- you can tell what the stronger company is. You can tell which ones are going to open up early on, which, which ones will not get founded till later on in the game, um, which mm-hmm. will be secondary companies. Um, Forty six has some of that, but a lot of the companies in, in that game are depending upon sort of the combination with the privates can be strong companies, um, along with the just the the sheer amount of um, uh, parachuting that the, with their token, so basically they can start on one section of the board, and then there are I think there are, are three companies that allow you to move the token or or basically set up a new a new home station for that token. Well, not not new home station, but a, a, another station for that company um, that allows for some interesting um, dynamics between between their companies. Um, along with you know even two of the majors can can parachute in um, the, the the Pennsylvania and the, the Baltimore and Ohio have the ability to um, to and again it can be to their own detriment to do so but sure. it does it does have that um, they do have that option so it's just the the, the game is not in any shape static Um one of the other facets I like is the is the availability to build up quickly um, because you have the the, the the two token lays and you always have the two ORs. It's a very kind of quick paced game um, right. comparatively. Um, you still have some of that cooperation in there, um, especially early on when the companies are started, which is nice. But it's not as just utterly devastating as something like 1830, where if somebody places you know something poorly, you're done. <laughs> <laughs> just, you're, you're waiting, and if they yeah. block you out, if they block you out when the Browns come, the brown track comes out. You're just that's that's your game right there. Sure. Um, so, but again, that's that's more on the new side. But I, I just like um, sort of when you're starting the game and you get dealt that that initial hand of um, private companies, you can kind of plot your game from that point, and it's sort of like it's sort of looking at it fresh um, each time, along with. Um, if you're playing a, a three, a, a three or four player, you know there's going to be a, a different number of companies that are out there. Um, uh, yeah, right. That, so that it's that not just, like you
0: have the same set of privates every game. It's that's where a lot of the source of the variation comes from, right? Like you. Yeah, absolutely. You shuffle them and you deal them out, and then you sort of try and
2: figure out what's what's in that deck. Like. Yeah, and even and, the order. I mean, you know, if, if you're one of the first, you'll get you still won't get an option at everything. You still have right. to decide from from what you're dealt. Um, it, it's you know, and, and then when you when you that reveal when everybody shows kind of what they've pulled, what they've pulled from the deck, and what you have, and kind of looking at it at that point to see what the starting capital is, and and who's going to get first op, first real option at companies, and just yeah, I'm getting excited already. <laughs> just talking about it, it's like yeah, that would be pretty awesome to are playing a game right now. But um, the uh, yeah, I mean that. Just those those points in the game, just where just opens up, especially you know when you've played it enough, so you can kind of see, you know, how many different options you have available to you, and even if like somebody grabs like your first choice, but you typically have like two or three different other companies, you'd be, you'd be happy to to get to the table. But
1: I do think that was the thing that slowed down the uh, the ex- explanation of the game was you know going through each of the you know each of the privates and explaining um, kind of what they did and what. That kind of thing, right?
2: Yeah, absolutely. That can yeah. that that can have a negative effect on that on the, just the starting the, the startup time.
1: Yeah, I mean, I understand it now, and I understand what it adds to it. But at the point, you're just like, this is a vital part of the game that you have to know right off the bat. Your first, you know, the first jump into the game.
2: Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're, you're just going to be. <clears throat> I mean, the nice thing is you can pick. You can sort of elect to not pick. Um, by by grabbing some of those um, some of those uh, n- the blank cards or whatever, um, but yeah, I mean it's a lot to take in, especially on your first XX. Uh, I guess my counter on that would be that most of the XX titles have some sort of initial private startup. Um, I can't really think of any that don't, um, and all of them sort of it, the. The draft, I think, is is preferable to the to the auction in general. Although there are um, the 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 nicer game of 1830 with the um, the packages, I guess, um, might be easier in the sense that you would just um, each player would get a package and he would start. Sure. So the
1: ups- the upside of it is that you're drafting the privates and you're not. So even if you don't have knowledge of what they do, then an auction is really worse than just drafting them, right?
2: Yeah, typically, it, if it's not managed, um, you're you're pretty much uh, a lot of the game was determined by that initial auction. So if you have no information going sure. into it, it it uh, I've I've heard a lot of stories where where um, the veteran players are not um as um are not helping <laughs> the, the newer players, um, and they just they get disillusioned with the game because they they feel like okay, nobody told me about this and now I'm out of the game already. Right. Um, you know, it, 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 Yeah.
1: What don't we like about
0: 1846? I gotta be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> well, I gotta tell you, when I first played 1846, I had fun, but I did not become instantly enamored of it. Um, and and this is admittedly a long time ago before I knew much about 18xx, but when I played it the first time, there seemed to be not necessarily a reluctance, but the f- there wasn't much focus on building a portfolio that's like cross-invested with the other players, at least in the initial portion of the game. It really is a run-a-good-company game. Um... And at the time, I was, my thinking was, well, if I'm just going to run my company as best as I can, you know, I could play Age of Steam in half the time, and and call it good, um, you know, or play two games of Age of Steam. I think that my thinking about it would be different now, especially when I'm thinking about the operational rules. I feel like there's some neat stuff going on in 46, so I'll I'll have to get a few more plays. And 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 I don't doubt that I will once once it comes out um, the GMT version. But yes, initially I was not thrilled about it because I was I thought it was going to be more of a investment game, and it, it it didn't seem to be at the time. So there you
2: go. <laughs> yeah, it's the funny thing is is just it's different for each person because for me that's that's kind more what I'm looking for. Um, I, I like sure. just trying to run a good company. Um, I mean there are some shenanigans in 46, but they're nothing compared to a lot of the other XX titles. Um, and that that's I guess what drew me to it more. I kind of like um, I like that the game is more about trying to build a good company. Um, uh, trying to find a, sort of that optimal path to, you know, combination with, the, with your private city you drafted and, and, and trying to build it from there. And um, the one thing that I probably dislike about 46 um, is the sort of uh, the the arc of the game um, with the with the second set of companies that are available. Um, jumping into that um, can often be a negative. Um, it can also it can often be a, a bad move to start a second company. Um, there are exceptions to that. Um, there are times where where it is beneficial. Um, but uh, it, it seems at least fifty-fifty. You're better off not starting that second company if you want if you want to be competitive. Um, and so
1: we didn't even we didn't even start a second company when we played. But how, so how does that? Can you just kind
2: of explain how that works out? How do you? Sure. When can it, when can it happen? What? Sure. I, I mean, so a second company can be founded at any point. Um, it's basically, especially in um, 46, it's, a, it's partial capitalization, which means all you have to do is buy two shares in the company and that will start, um, which means you can start at any point. The, the problem, though, is trying to figure out um, when is a good time to do that um, because if you don't time it right, you're going to find yourself with shares that are much less valuable than anything else out on the table, Um other companies have already um, developed their track. They have their tokens in placement. They've already, you know, maybe token in Chicago and 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 um, are ready to go there. Um, so there's there's a point in the game um, where you can start it, um, but it's hard. It's really hard to figure out um, when is a good time to do so. Um, uh, yeah, because you're going to be investing your money into into these into this company to buy typically more expensive trains. Um, so you're going to get you got to get your run set up to allow for that sort of longer train. Um, there can be good good times to do that, um, but oftentimes it may be better if there's stock available in good companies to just to, to purchase that um, purchase those shares as opposed to um, trying to invest in a secondary company.
0: Hmm. So for you, for the second, you know, after, you, so you set up your initial company, in the second half of the game, what's the, what sort of uh, interesting decision points are you coming across? Is it about the the track list and the token placement at that point, or like, you know, controlling the speed of the train rush? What, uh, what kind of stuff are you considering at
2: that point? Um, Sort of a combination, I mean, the initial point is just is just trying to get your company sort of off the ground. As it, as it develops up, you're you're trying to build towards those those longer runs. Um, mm-hmm. Excuse me. Um, the secondary portion of it though is, is typically interesting because somebody is somebody is going to start a secondary company. So trying to Figure out okay. how that is going to going to key into your into your lines, um, and sometimes it is just about starting it just for fun. You know, you start your secondary company just to just to kind of see what you can do with it, um, to you know get it get it off the off the ground and get it going. Um,
1: it's just what Adam does when he's crushing all of his newbie competition. <laughs> he's like,
2: hmm,
1: I'm just gonna start a new company right now.
2: Yeah, I mean, it could just be more fun to run two companies, and, and you and you can you can try to get those two working together. Um, if you can time it right early on, you might be able to, to do it if you have more capital than some of the other players get two companies going early on in the game. Um, but that that second half of the game can um, it can be tough to try to figure out what you want to do going forward. Um, a lot of times there's there's a lot of trying to um, snap up um, different shares um, in different companies, and along with that, you're just trying to figure out, okay, is and it doesn't happen as much in 46, but it can happen where if you do, you know, double down on a company, uh, someone else's company, are they going to dump that on you? Um, are they going to just? Are they going to start the second company and then you're you're left holding the bag there? Sure. Um, so it's, yeah, I, I, don't know. I mean, the second that's that would be my one my one weakness in it for 46 is the second half of the game is not as. Dynamic as some other um, some other companies because some other games um, because the because uh, you do you can't put yourself in a bad spot doing that although you I mean you can do it in other X ex- ex- titles but I think the train rush is that you're usually better off starting a second company um, to have that capitalization um, available to, right. to grab some so of those I larger. This,
1: um, so if if GMT comes out with this and there's you know a thousand print run or more probably. They already have 925, and this becomes people's first 18XX game. Is it is that a good thing or is that a you know uh, a bad thing?
0: I don't, I don't. I mean, so for me, um, and and like Adam mentioned before, for some players, 1846 may not at the moment you know be the game that gets them really excited. About 18XX, but I don't think that that's a good or a bad thing. I mean, that's just a thing, you know. <laughs> I don't know. Does it matter if like Agricola or like Catan is your first Euro game? I don't, you know. I'm not saying that that's that's the comparison to be made between like 1830 and 46. But um, I think for me, just the fact that it's going to be so available is going to be good, and and it's a solid game too. Um, yeah, yeah, as there opposed to games,
1: something as a like if somebody had picked something. A little less desirable and made it, you know, widely available. And then people are sure. like, oh, "Well, I really don't like these 18XX games."
0: Well, you know, because I'm trying to. What's what's India? 1853. That uh, yeah. Mayfair did. Yeah, you know, that 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 game has been easy to come by for a long time now. Maybe it's not so much anymore. But that just really isn't the game to get people started. No, playing XX. It's just it's way too maniacally operations focused, and it's a long game too. So you know, forty six is going to be a better ambassador. Um, would I? You know, well, actually, in eighteen thirty, that's that's pretty easy to come by. Um, again, it can be tricky because it can be long, and there are some problems with the Mayfair edition. But I I don't think it's a bad thing. I think the fact that it'll be out there, people will be playing it. There'll be support for it. Those are all, those are all good things.
2: Yeah, the, I mean, the, the only negative thing I can think is is that um, it's not as because 1830 is sort of the basis of a lot of XX titles. Um, a lot of people will use that as sort of their um, starting point for explaining something else. Um, although I think if 46 becomes the standard, if if there are more people have, have started to get familiar with it, I don't see that necessarily as as difficult to um, explain the differences. I think once you have um, that sort of that background in there, um, because, I mean, you can use other titles like uh, Panamax or something else that uses a similar system just as a basis to say, hey, you know, now that you know this mechanism, um, let's go from there. I, I, I I think it... I think it's good to have that the choice there. I think it's going to depend on, um, again, people people finding the right title um, to explain um, and, and teach EXX titles. Um, and I think ha- having more choice, I think, will always be better than than only having one or two two options to choose from.
1: Yeah, and I'm just, I'm really curious as as who the buyers are for, you know, are they the you know the lifelong 18XX or are they you know, some people starting to see this and picking him up. Are they the newbies? Um, and then I'd be interested to see it and you know, it's gonna GMT has such wide distribution and it's gonna hit you know, it's gonna hit your local shop. Oh for That's sure. That's gonna be really interesting, so
0: I think you know, you have a mixture, so you have, you know, GMT people who are already GMT fans. I uh, imagine that um, a lot of the people that the uh, heavy cardboard guys have been reaching, so there's mm-hmm. probably a lot of copies ordered in that guild. I, uh, I'm sure of that. But I think also you have a lot of, you do have a lot of the 18XX fans who just want to support. Maybe they already have a copy of 1846, but they're saying, hey, you know, let's let's support this initiative. We'd love to see more of this. Um, so it's gonna be an interesting mix, I think.
1: Definitely. All right, we're coming up on an hour, but what haven't we covered? What haven't we talked about? Everybody looks at their list.
0: Yeah, right. Um, We haven't talked about historical stuff, but this is something I don't understand very well. I don't know. Adam, do you know much about historical Chrome on 1846, why things are the way they are for, for... for the railroad history fans,
2: I read some of the stuff. Um, it, it was mainly just from the, the, the honestly for the 46 manual, um, and it was interesting kind of seeing that um, basis because he did work in a lot of stuff in there um, that I that I found interesting. Where he um, he talked about um, sort of the stitching together of track that there were a lot of um, companies that were founded um, that were you know, either state-founded or just laid a couple miles of track and then they were, you know, they were defunct. Um, and those, <laughs> that, that, those companies then were sold off to other companies to, to sort of build up their rail lines. And I think that's um, integrated into the game some of the, the private companies, um, the Big Four, the Michigan Southern, and the the Michigan Central. And I think there's one other. Um, it's interesting. And then, then some of the, the, the explanations for the... Um, the the parachute tokens are interesting. Where you know the the B is was based on um, private conversations with other for, with with investors in the area to start up you know a portion of that company in in, in um since the Cincinnati area or something to that effect. And it was it's interesting what um, Lehman did um, to get those um, to get those concepts integrated, and it, it, I think it made for a better game.
0: Cool. That is interesting. I know that uh, there was a lot of that in the history of uh, the the local Minnesota railroads um, where you did have small companies trying to get up and running and they got a certain amount of investor money and they laid some track and then the, the thing went kaput but the track was still there so then sure. eventually you have something like the Great Northern come along and buy up, you know, the small stuff and just continue, you know, of course with a generous state grant like any good <laughs> rail baron would do. <laughs> Cool. I mean, do you
1: do you like uh, as people who have played many of the 18 XX games? Does this one do you get that sense of history out of it when you play it, or is it, or are you even playing for it for that? I mean,
2: I, I like the that that's in there. I like the the feeling of it, and sort of I think it adds to the theme of the game. Um, but I'm not I'm not a uh, avid train enthusiast. I, I like the ideas of it. I like the what? concepts.
0: Yeah. yeah, I can't believe yeah. this. What? So you
2: betted this what? guy. I <laughs> tried.
1: I guess I need to add that question to it.
2: I mean, I like the <laughs> I like the theme. Um, I'm I like this the button right here in a second. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like the mechanics that, that that derive from it, but I'm not necessarily a, an avid uh, train history buff. I guess.
1: Yeah, I, I, you know, and we talked about this last episode. I think that's you know when why the, the that type of you know why are you into it and it, you know. I think it's you can play them without having any interest in the history and that it works fine but I just I always find it interesting when people have some of the knowledge of the history and then you know the game um, or how that compares in the other 18 Xx games like how much history research did is needed to fire up a uh, an 18 Xx I mean or is it just mechanics or is it um, I want to try this with it, and so I'm going to um, find that time and history that fits some of the mechanics. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I, I'm going to guess in future episodes we're going to get into the mind of 18xx designers. But
0: yes, absolutely.
1: Does they, do they start with the history first, or is it the mechanic, or is it the...
0: I think it depends. Mind. I still think, I, I really think the majority of them are... Historical. Historical. Uh, Have you been reading at all about 18CO, 18Colorado that was just just announced? Well, that's something worth checking out on the uh, the BGG forums. Uh, Some guys just unveiled the fact that they've been cooking this 18CO design for a little while, and they're making the files available, and it's going to be a fun read to see uh, the story behind the development. So check that out for sure. And maybe... An inspiration to I know the forthcoming 18AZ. I know you guys are. I
1: I, I needed <laughs> one of these
0: days. You'll I get an 18AZ.
1: Yeah, I do not have time to design 18AZ. <laughs> but if if you have a design, <laughs> call me. We'll talk. Um, because I would totally play that. Um, yeah. Uh, the Colorado's would be fascinating. There's all kinds of cool stuff. Uh, Definitely. Especially if, you, um, especially if you work in some of the small mining. So a lot of the small gauge mining stuff that went on yep. was really cool, um, because it was all it was all about getting that stuff out of. Uh, so yeah, there's some cool stuff there.
0: Oh for sure, yeah. I don't know if you guys have ever uh, touched uh, Silverton at all, but uh, what a what a cool game
1: that Absolutely. is. As far as it's just
0: like the tons of historical information that built that game, like, you know.
1: Yeah, well I think there has to be like that's why I guess my question is does it does it does it find that balance between Give you enough of the historical feel, um, but Adam, when you when you're playing it, do you even? Did, are you just specifically
2: playing it for the game, or is it just? Um, I mean, part of it's the theme, part of it's the feel of building up, you know, these train companies, the com- the companies and the companies, yeah, and building them out and and building a good, you know, building the rails out and and developing into, you know, especially. I mean, I'm I'm from the Midwest, so kind of some of the the cities that resonate with me a little bit. Um,
0: <laughs> you just can't resist a Grand Trunk Railroad, can you?
2: you
0: <laughs> every time you see it, you're like Grand Trunk, yes.
2: <laughs> well, I'm a, I'm a Cincinnati guy, so we we, oh, tend, okay. to, we right. tend to stay out of the Michigan uh, <laughs> Michigan area, if you know. But uh, but yeah, I mean it's it's definitely I, I like that aspect, and I think it adds something to the flavor to the character of the game. Um, but I mean, if if that weren't there, would I not play it? I probably still would, because uh, I think the mechanics are solid. I think I think the, the game system um, is is an amazing one.
0: Very cool. Yeah, yeah. I have to say that when I was looking through it again today, I was like, oh, there's some really interesting seeming uh, tools in that game that. Uh, But the next time I play it, I will be paying extra attention to the historical stuff because I think it's neat. (laughs)
1: Yeah, definitely. All right, so I think we're going to wrap this up unless you guys have anything else you want to mention. Play games. Play games. So 1846 (laughs) is still available pre-order from GMT, right? Is that how it works? Can somebody...
0: Yeah, you can still still list yourself on the P500. Uh, You know, your credit card doesn't get charged. Right. Until they're closer to production, so there's very little commitment on that end. I'd highly recommend people. So it's not that so it's not here.
1: technically like a pre-order. Basically, you just you put your credit card in there, but they don't yep. they don't charge yep. it until they're ready to yep. to, uh, to ship them out. Then they. Yep, and
0: card. if you uh, subscribe to their email newsletter, they will have updates of charging and shipping in every every month. So you'll have a good idea. So if for whatever reason you decide it's not for you. Um, you can back out um, before that goes off so yep it's there it's still available at Deep Thought and I believe priority copies are still available through Golden Spike games for anybody who just cannot wait
1: <laughs> so <laughs> Golden Spike, Spike is or... where you can get it um, much quicker than yeah, so Deep like Thought is the one weeks. where you okay a couple weeks and then Deep Thought's one if you want to wait I'm I'm going to guess his orders might drop off a bit though
0: for 1846. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's pretty likely. I think I ordered a few years ago and I'm like 700 in the queue, so
2: you know. Yeah, it's <laughs> I, I wouldn't hold your breath for deep thought. I would if you want to get into the system, you need to just go for either Golden Spike, or, or is it All aboard? Is, is, all,
0: is All aboard doing 1846 as well?
2: I don't think they're, they may not have been 46, but just some of the other XX titles.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, yeah, anybody interested in any of the all the board games, um, they're they're really they're great. Scott does a great job, so um, yeah. Absolutely. And then
1: uh, you can find us on. Uh, we have a Twitter account uh, at Rage of Steam, um, mm-hmm. and I'm at Long Creative. As you can see, Matt doesn't have his lower my third,
0: lower third dropped out, but I'm.
1: We, how can we catch up with you?
0: i um, at the MPLS Matt on Twitter. I'm MPLS Matt on BoardGameGeek. Those, those are great places. I'm long places. creative
1: on BoardGameGeek also. And Adam, how if it's somebody wants to get in touch with you about your hatred of Age of Steam, how would they do that? <laughs> <laughs> what? Just drop it bomb yeah. there a little bit, huh? We're going to have – I'll uh, probably have there Adam. There too. It has to
0: happen now. <laughs> yep.
1: I'm dropping the bomb there. <laughs> Adam did not like Age of Steam.
2: The cliff, oh. a little cliffhanger there. Um, yeah, just add Adam Brocker um, on Twitter or a Brocker at uh, at BGG.
1: And then we'll probably announce. Uh, oh, we have some things in the work, but this is just kind of we're gonna do these when we when we can and when it works out. But it's usually gonna be on a Sunday. And then you can always yeah. catch uh, the episodes on the YouTube channel. And um, yeah, and we'll uh, I think. We'll call it good and talk to you all later. If you have any questions, uh, send them to us. If you have people uh, you want us to talk to, send them to us. If you want to come talk uh, with us, come talk with
0: us. Get a hold of us, absolutely.
1: All right, thanks a lot, guys.
0: Thanks, guys. Bye. Thanks. Take care.